welcome to my first episode of Physio Chat Room. Um, wow, still can't believe I'm saying that, but here we go. Um, so today I have Allison Smith with me. She's my very first guest and she's a very good friend of mine and we met at GCU, which is crazy. I can't believe we met at GCU, like all the way out in Scotland. Crazy. I know. Since we're both from Nova Scotia and both went to X. I know, I know. <laughs> so we both, yeah, so we both went to St. of X. We both did our undergrad in human kinetics and Al, you were a year above me and we still mm-hmm. never cross paths, which is insane. Never. <laughs> I know. I it know. is crazy. But I was so thankful that I met you in Scotland at GCU because I literally felt like I was going there with like no guidance, nothing. And then to meet you and you had done it a year ahead of me, I was like, thank God there's a little bit of home out in Scotland. So I like forced my friendship on you. I, I like, know oh, from Nova Scotia. <laughs> Literally, but I loved it because I was like, perfect. Another person from Nova Scotia. And honestly, it was good that we had each other just to like go through the program with and everything like that. Oh, absolutely. So, so yeah. So yeah, crazy how our friendship began. But so Allison is a year above me. So she's graduated and you are now employed with a new job. I am. Yeah. I'm working at a private clinic uh, in Scotland in Lanarkshire area. So mm-hmm. I just started there in January. Before that, I was working at a private clinic back home in Nova Scotia yep. for a little bit. Um, but yeah, so it's been going great. I'm really, really enjoying finally getting to be a physio. <laughs> I know, right? It's such a long process. And like, yes, people don't really understand like how much of like a nuisance it is to kind of go through that whole process. But we won't, we won't touch on that today. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk for hours on that. Honestly, we could. We could. Um, so basically, just to remind everyone what this podcast is, is I'm going to, Allison and I picked out an article that um, came out just this past year, and we're just going to go over it and talk about it and give our opinions and what we thought about it and kind of our experiences related to this article. Um, so yeah, so I will just, um, pull up this article now. So the article is called the transition from physiotherapy student to new graduate. Are they prepared? So again, this article came out last year was published March 26, 2020. So honestly, just a year ago, and it was in the journal of physiotherapy theory and practice an international journal of physical therapy. Um, so Honestly, it was a good article to start with because I thought it was a very easy read. It was a qualitative study. So, you know, like it's kind of nice to have just flowing information come at you kind of that way. Um, So, yeah, so just an overview. I'll give you guys kind of an overview of what the article was. So um, it's all about new grad student physiotherapists and kind of the challenges that they face leading into being a prepared physio in the workforce. Uh, So their aim of this study was to get the perspectives of student physiotherapists transitioning into practice into public hospitals. Um, So basically what they did is they had semi-structured interviews. So there was a question guide that was formed and it was given out to all the um, new grads so that they could look at it beforehand, um, familiarize themselves with their um, experiences and kind of reflect on it. Um, So yeah, so that's basically what the article is about and then everything is audio recorded so even the quotes that we Allison and I kind of chat about is everything that they had said verbatim so it's all voice recorded and we can kind of we can kind of talk about that too so 
just a little bit more about um, the physios. So um, there was actually 38 new grads and then there was six experienced physiotherapists and all the physiotherapists who were experienced um, had 10 years plus. So with it kind of goes hand in hand. They gave um, the questions to the new grads and then the physios kind of talked back about um, what the new grads responded back with, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, Al, like, what did you think of the article? I thought it was really relatable just because yeah. I was especially just graduating. Mm -hmm. um, I think they made a lot of good points just about how placement doesn't always necessarily prepare you. And even just your whole graduate experience doesn't prepare you for what is to come when you first start working. It can be pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but I think too, it comes down to if your placement PE, if your advisor for the placement was mm -hmm. wanting to challenge you or not, I was really lucky with all my placements. I had some kind of tougher people that like pushed me, but I have a lot of friends that, and you probably the same where they yeah. didn't really do much at all. You go to placement, you just kind of like yeah. go through the motions, see a couple people, but you're not actually like working what you would normally work if it was a real life setting yeah. for your and, job. Yeah. And I agree with that. And like the article said, a lot of your experience does come with your placements. Like you kind of learn all your tangible skills, like hands on in the clinical placement itself. So if you're not getting a good experience, then it's definitely going to form you as a physiotherapist going into the workplace. Totally. Um, so, so yeah, previous research kind of touched on that a little bit and also talked about like the nurses kind of what they went through. So they talked about like three transition phase phases. And so the first one is like the shock of like becoming a new grad. And basically, again, like you said, I'll just like going through the motions. If you don't have that experience, it's kind of like you're focused on completing a task and getting through the day and that's it. And then the reality sets in in the second phase and you kind of understand your professional practice setting and you kind of like know what your responsibilities are. And then the third phase is then being confident and comfortable in your abilities and, you know, performing to the best of your abilities. And that was like approximately 12 months by the time you get to actually feeling that comfortable. So that's a full year of like learning. Yeah. On, I feel like you just learn forever. Like you're in yeah. class, you're in school, like you go through all that and then you finally start your job again. And it's still, you're still going to be learning for like another little while just to get comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's definitely, a well, even with physio, it's just a never ending process of mm -hmm. continuously having more to learn about and keep up to date, especially I think with like people in private practice, you don't have all the other heads to kind of bounce ideas yeah. off of too. So mm -hmm. I think it'd be interesting to see if like the opinions of people, not just going into like hospitals per se, but going into a private clinic, if they feel even a little more not as prepared just because you're a lot more independent and you kind of have to be able to answer yeah. everything on the spot. Whereas in a well, when I was on placement, it was like, I could always ask a nurse or I could exactly. ask like other OTs or physios in the room. But yeah. when you're on your own, you're on your own. <laughs> That's so true. That's so yeah. true. It really, really comes down to like the working environment that you start off in and like how much support you really get from, mm -hmm. you know, the colleagues that you work with or if you are kind of independent like Al isn't there like a few days where you're just kind of like by yourself sometimes and it's like you and only you yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah it's it's yeah it's definitely a little overwhelming but yeah. I think that's the whole year time from they give too. like it takes like 12 months for you to actually feel settled and 
feel confident in everything that you do know because you do know the basics at least but yeah. you just don't know enough to be confident in your skills independently <laughs> yeah. I didn't anyway when I first came out I was like I know nothing <laughs> yeah yeah and like you're only a few months into your new job anyway so like that's still gonna come and like for me I oh, can't yeah. really like talk on that because I haven't started as a, a new grad physio yet like I mm-hmm. still have to pass the exam and everything so yeah um, but that's yeah. the difference being in Scotland being able to practice in Scotland which is nice oh for sure I mean even my clinic everyone's about 10 years experience so I'm the only mm-hmm. new grad there so mm-hmm. there's that kind of like oh my gosh I know nothing compared to all my colleagues um but they've been really good just that part in the article about um having like the support and stuff mm-hmm. um I think what's made my work experience so positive so far is that I have an hour set aside every week that like I get to just spend time by myself going over like things that I might not be sure about. And then mm-hmm. two hours a week, I see one of my boss on one day is one of my bosses on the other day. And it's just an hour to just kind of bounce things off, ask questions. And I think starting out with that kind of support and being able to share anything I'm thinking about, cause I'm always kind of questioning everything I do mm-hmm. um, makes a huge difference. And I don't feel as overwhelmed as what I did probably at my last place of work um, right. because it just feels like I always have right. someone to go to right now, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely something like you need kind of as a new grad. So mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, okay. So I'm just going to get into basically the sub themes of this article. So kind of like what the results were that they came up with, what um, all the new grads had said and kind of their opinions on it. So first, we're just going to start with like, um, the preparedness to practice. So kind of one of the quotes that one of the new grads had mentioned was, you do all the same things as you would as a new grad, but you need to understand more time management around that. So you need to be quicker. And like, what they said was coming from a placement, you would see about six, six patients a day, whereas if you're coming out as a new grad, you could have up to like 30 people a day which is obviously very overwhelming. Um, So how do you find like, what is your kind of experience with like time management skills and like going from a small patient caseload to then having a huge patient caseload? Um, I think because if I look back at my old job, I think Mm -hmm. I definitely was experiencing some burnout then and I just felt Mm -hmm. really overwhelmed all the time. And there's a part, there's some quotes there too, where they talk about just like, it's not the expectation of your employers. Like they're not putting that kind of pressure on you where you're like, you have to do it, but you just feel like you want to make sure that you meet all your outcomes and you want to meet all those expectations you've put out for yourself. So I think obviously 30 is a lot more than six and that's overwhelming by itself. But I think we as physios are just kind of like type A personalities and we just want to kind of push ourselves a little bit too far, maybe in the first year. And that's why we get so burnt out when we first start working. Yeah, honestly. And like you said, like, it's not the expectation you're getting from like no. the other physiotherapists around you. It's the expectation you put on yourself to see all those people that quickly and see as many patients as all the other physios are seeing. But honestly, like if you want to make sure you're doing concise treatment, you don't want to like stack up your patients too much because and just then, rush through. Yeah, yeah. Then you kind of get lost in like what you're doing and it kind of takes over what you're actually there for. And it's just to treat them and like help them mm-hmm. regain their function again and and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's definitely important. And Mm -hmm. I do think like some, um, 
clinical experiences that you and I have had being able to work in a private setting where you do have a higher caseload than maybe sometimes what you would see in a different, you know, clinical setting that definitely has helped my time management skills, like by having a placement with a high caseload. But like you said, sometimes you won't get a a placement with high caseload. So then you're kind of just thrown into it and you have no idea what your time management skills are like at all. Exactly. Because I didn't really feel in my hospital settings that I was ever put mm-hmm. down to the wire in terms of time mm-hmm. management whatsoever. Whereas the private pl- practice placement, I was like, holy, like this is a whole nother pace. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say like at the hospitals, it is really fast paced. It's just that yeah. they don't expose the students to that typically exactly. anyway. Exactly. And yeah, we'll kind of get into that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on to like what... Um, a practitioner kind of commented on that is um, they're just kind of worried about if the placements are getting watered down purely because of numbers. Um, so kind of just getting through, getting the students through their placement. So that's what like experienced physiotherapists are worried about. They're worried about the practice educators kind of not really giving the patient or not the patients, the students, a full caseload kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, you're probably saying, but I've always felt like when I'm on placement, if there was a complex, complex case, they'd be like, oh, we're not going to give you that person. Don't worry. Like, I'll take care of that person. Mm-hmm. So you never really did experience a complex case. And at the time, I was definitely kind of grateful. I was like, oh, thank God, because I don't yeah. know what to do with her. Yeah. But looking back now, I kind of wish that I had had those kind of harder experiences just to have some exposure and figure out my footing beforehand and not just now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that kind of like, goes into the other sub theme that uh, they concluded, which was protected practice. So having your practice educator kind of protect you and not really get you to do a lot of the things that the job like requires, like doing handovers or doing ward rounds, like with the nurses and kind of all the other stuff, like time management and like doing up a list, like a patient caseload list, like all that kind of stuff was just handed to you as a student and you're never actually doing it yourself. So they definitely do protect the students a lot by being like, oh, you're a student, like, you don't have to worry about this. When in reality, when you go into the workplace, you're going to have to worry about it. Like, you're not going to have someone to do it for you. So it's definitely like a catch-22 and where you're like, oh, I appreciate that they're understanding that I'm a student and I haven't really been exposed to doing like kind of the behind the scenes stuff when in reality you really do need to learn it. Absolutely. I almost think that like we're pretty good at being thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. I think if those cases we just had a, had the chance and been put in those situations, it might've totally gone awful, but at least we could go back and bounce everything off of our advisor and just see how they would manage it afterwards. But I definitely had no experience in my placements of any complex cases whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. And not even like complex, like medical wise, but just like psychosocial and how to deal with someone who has a lot of yellow flags. I was definitely not prepared for that until I got to work. Yeah. And that's something like we need to be exposed to because when we encounter those situations, it's like, what are the resources we can provide that patient if it's out of our hands? So just kind of being aware that we are going to have to take on the complex cases, even when we don't really get that exposure all the time in our placements. So exactly. um, That's kind of like talking about the protected practice, which is something Mm -hmm. that they 
they really emphasized in this article. Um, and then we also have independence and affirmation of practice. So this is kind of like, okay, you've done your clinical placements, you kind of were protected by your practice educator. And now it's like, okay, I'm independent. I have to do this all on my own. I don't have anyone to go to. I'm the person in charge. And that's like a huge responsibility to take on. Yeah. And I think there was a part that said about how the support is there, wherever you're working, there's always that support, but mm -hmm. it's expected that you as the new grad, you go out of your way and get the support, mm -hmm. which I think like in, on placement, I was always nervous to go and be like, Hey, like, is this okay if I do this? Because it's all about physios at independent practitioner. Mm -hmm. You need to start making decisions on your own and clinically reasoning. And then now you're working and you're not able to clinic reason and they're going to question you. So I definitely didn't at first go out of my way to get the support that was totally there. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel comfortable asking at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like you kind of feel like that too, when you're a new grad and you're starting out as a practitioner, cause you're like, obviously you want to like collaborate with everyone else, but you don't want to look like you're kind of looking for answers every time you go to them, which exactly. sometimes that was the case in a placement. You could be like, I have this patient. I'm not sure what to do with them. Can you kind of advise me or help me out with this patient? Whereas that's not always going to be the case when you're starting out at a new job, you kind of have to take, take the reins and just go for it. And I think a lot of it comes down to like, sometimes like having that like imposter syndrome where you have all these skills, you have all this knowledge, but you're not recognizing it in the time. And you feel like, holy shit, like, I don't know if I'm competent enough to do this, but in reality you are because you have all that experience. It's just getting your mindset to understand that you're at a place where you are competent to take on patients and heavy caseloads and complex situations. It's just, it's a learning curve for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of um, related to the independence and affirmation of practice. And then, uh, then we have ex uh, performance expectations. So like we kind of talked about at the beginning, it was like, one of the new grads said, I think it was more the expectation that I placed on myself. I guess that my caseload wouldn't be the same as their complexity and I wouldn't have the same discharge rates and successes as those um, surrounding me. So it was kind of like, yeah, you're trying to keep up with who you surround yourself with and you got to realize that you can't really do that as a new grad. You got to have to take it at your own stride and, and make sure you're focusing on really understanding your role as a new grad and a new practitioner. Absolutely. And I think to like, I'm kind of treated as a new grad where I'm working right now, because when I was working in Canada, I was just an intern license. So I was still really not a fully registered physio. So now that I'm here, I'm definitely remembering that I'm still a new grad. I don't have that huge expectation because when I go on the website and I see all my colleagues, all their like credentials and everything, I'm like, mm -hmm. oh my God, how, mm -hmm. why would a patient choose to book in with me even over someone who has like 10, 15 years of experience and all these other cool skills that I haven't developed yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's just about kind of remembering that everyone starts from the bottom and you just have to yeah. roll with it and know that you're, and like what you are saying earlier, like you have the knowledge, you totally know what you're doing, but it's just about being confident in yourself and not comparing yourself to everyone that's way more experienced than you. Exactly. Exactly. And just kind of like setting into reality that like, okay, 
I am where I am because I made it here. So, and exactly. Yeah. Like as physios, you're always going to be learning anyway. You kind of have to keep up with latest research. You have Mm -hmm. to keep up with all that stuff. So you're going to be continuously growing. It just really comes down to like experience and you'll Mm -hmm. feel more comfortable as the time goes on, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And then kind of just going on to like the top three things that they said would help a transition of a new grad into the physiotherapy workplace is kind of having that organizational support. So new grad support. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that would be totally beneficial having like a support person for new grads and kind of who they can go to when they need to help with time management or like any of the paperwork that they have to do. um, Any of the like insurance stuff that you kind of need to familiarize yourself with all that stuff is like something that you're not exposed to on your clinical placement. So having someone there to support you and kind of get you on your feet with that as a new grad is something that I think would be very beneficial. And um, I don't see why it wouldn't be, you know, reinforced everywhere, right? Absolutely. And even just having that person who's designated for that role would make it easier for people to feel comfortable going to that person because going to your colleague is a lot harder than going to someone who's actually designated as your support system. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be amazing to have that everywhere yeah. whenever you start working yeah. just to also help you not burn out and not be overstressed for things that you shouldn't be anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then it kind of touches on, so clinical experiences. Um, so making sure that these clinical experiences do include managing a larger caseload, um, complex patients, opportunity to prioritize a complete ward list, Um, having greater autonomy when performing your clinical tasks, um, and then just improving your interprofessional practice and attending kind of family meetings and multidisciplinary meetings and in conflict resolution situations. So I think those are all really important to do on your clinical placements, but they don't emphasize that, which sometimes a practice educator will be like, okay, like come to this MDT meeting with me and you're going to speak up and you're going to talk to the doctors and the nurses and the OTs and you're going to give your opinion. Whereas sometimes you'll go and just sit and listen, which obviously is good to kind of take in all that information. And then next time you can, you can say what you want to say, but I think we really need to like focus on doing stuff like that more often than, than going Mm -hmm. through your technique book and making sure you get your techniques checked off. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and even just like quality of placements and like how it should be it's obviously the university's role in what quality of placement you're going to get um but like just talking with friends and their past placements and like yourself too like quality isn't always there in terms of every placement like I can't look back at every single one of my placements and say that they were all top-notch I had a great learning experience and I got to get the most out of it mm-hmm. um so I think like for people that are even less lucky who have like six out of their seven where the PE just was kind of like, do what you want to do or yeah, like just carry on. I think um, quality of placement is like so important, but it's not really pushed hard enough. And it comes down to the universities, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. even just like, yeah, I don't know how they would really be able to address it because there is such a high volume and it's hard to find placements for students. And I get that, but um, it's like, what's the point of going through the process of placements at all if they're not going to be what we need to exactly. get anything out of, to be ready for work? Yeah, exactly. And I think like, 
it's, it is hard for the universities to find all these placements and, and the practice educators like willing to take on students. But I think mm -hmm. if you are volunteering as a practice educator, like do it because you want the student to learn. Don't do it just for yes. like, whatever the reason is like PPD points or whatever. Right? <laughs> the worst thing is, is having a practice educator who doesn't genuinely want to be a practice educator. Oh, it's the worst. It's so yeah. uncomfortable. And then you're obviously not going to ask questions when you want to learn more. You're not going to go out of your way to try more things because you're just so intimidated and you don't want to upset the person you're spending four to six weeks with because it's just already an awkward situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it really does come down to like the chemistry with your practice educator that you have. And like, if you feel comfortable and if they are like providing you with like information and resources and just teaching you to the best of your abilities. So mm -hmm. I really, I really think that is like a big factor as well. So for sure. Um, and then the last one was like self efficacy and support strategies. So like we said, like peer support, it's so helpful when you have someone in the same position as you and Very like much. going into like the workplace and knowing there's going to be new grads there as well, I think is just comforting because then you can bounce off each other a little bit more knowing you're going through the exact same experience at the exact same time. Um, which must be a little bit tough for you, Al, because you said everyone else is at least 10 years plus. So you kind of feel like you need to, yeah, I need more to kind of get there. Mm -hmm. So that's been like a, a battle for me to just kind of manage my own expectations. Cause again, it's not like even my past employer, it's not about them being like, this is what, this is where you need to be at. Mm -hmm. um, it's just more so you put that pressure on yourself because you do want to be the best for your patients and for the company you're working for. But um, it's just you being your own worst enemy Literally, because <laughs> you're going to get there eventually. But mm -hmm. a new grad first, five years out there's still so much that you're going to learn in the next five years and um physios are still like 10 years 15 years experience and still learning new stuff all the time so it's not good for me to put those expectations on myself because yeah. then it just creates a mess <laughs> exactly exactly and I think like it's just kind of like even just being comfortable and where you're at like you know, like we discussed like we have all that knowledge we can continuously learn the entire time but it's like being comfortable in your place at work. And I think once you're there consistently, like you get comfortable and you are more confident, but like right off the bat, obviously you don't want to step on toes. You don't want to like, you're not totally sure your boundaries of like what you should be doing, kind of even how the workplace flows. Right. And that's exactly. going to be completely different from a hospital setting to a private practice setting. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think too, like when you first graduate, I felt so like I knew nothing and obviously, you know, so much you did your placements, you did your two years, your dissertation. Um, but I found I was always like trying to learn new stuff and it, I wasn't really taking much in, but I was like feeling like I always had to study. Um, now at this place, I don't feel like that because I have like resources and I have support, but mm -hmm. before it was kind of like, you're always like on this bike trying to go a mile a minute. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it's just like, you don't need to know everything. You're never going to know everything. Exactly. Exactly. Um, okay, so let's just talk. So those are basically um, what the article concluded is the best, you know, transitioning skills that you can use as a new grad. Um, so I just want to touch on limitations a little bit because there's always limitations at the end of an article. So 
where this study was conducted was Queensland in Australia, um, and it was in the public health sector. So just kind of knowing that there are going to be differences public health wise compared to private clinic. Um, so usually public health, there's going to be challenges on its own because of all the political stuff, all the funding, all that other kind of stuff that you deal with in a public health setting in comparison to having patients come see you who are coming to see you privately and know that they're paying for this treatment, whereas a public health setting, you get that treatment because it's publicly funded. So I think there's a little bit of like um, discrepancy there where you can kind of have to be a little bit more open-minded of, of where your practice is and the environment that you're in and, and whatnot. So this study was solely done in public health funding in the hospital. So um, what the, uh, the new grad said may not always kind of compare to private practice, but I think we touched on everything and I think it is very yeah. relevant with, with very private practice yeah. as well. So for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I do think like, I don't think they really touched on this, but like the pace of a hospital compared to the pace of private practice is a lot different. So yes, just, you do feel like you're going through the motions a little bit more maybe um, in that situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the next one was the length of the study. So I believe this study was only carried out for a few months. So I think obviously having the study carried out longer would provide, you know, greater results, greater insight to kind of the progression of transition from new grads into their professional roles. So obviously if the study was carried out a little bit longer, we'd probably get a little bit more insight and mm -hmm. they would be able to touch on their clinical experiences a little bit more as, as time goes on. Um, so yeah, so those are kind of some limitations. And then I think just going with the takeaway messages that we kind of came up with from what we got from this article is you just have to know that your clinical caseload is going to differ. Like it's, it's going to be completely different than what you're used to as a, as a student mm -hmm. because yeah, you can't really get all those patients um, when you're a student because you're kind of learning techniques as you go on. So you're not really learning like directly how to manage a caseload. It's more indirect. Whereas on your student placements, you're like, okay, you need to be able to do subjective, objective, like potential diagnosis, and then a treatment regime and like what you're going to give your patients. So it's a lot of like more that kind of structure than balancing mm -hmm. out um, a big caseload. Absolutely. And then we have non-clinical tasks. So all the behind the scenes stuff that the practice educator takes on and you're not actually doing on your placement. So just kind of recognizing all the stuff that does go on behind the scenes. Like, like we do notes and everything and practice edger go practice educator goes through all that, but like even filling out forms to like refer patients on or, you know, giving out handovers and stuff like that. Like I know I didn't do a whole lot of like, um, kind of discharge in the hospital. I didn't do a ton of discharging where I discharged them onto other services. And mm -hmm. I found that's something that like, unfortunately I didn't get great experience with because well, I only did have two ward placements, which was mm -hmm. obviously a big shock to how the system works compared to, you know, outpatients. So just learning all the other kind of clinical tasks that you have to have to do. Yeah. Like even writing a letter to a doctor, I found that my first few times I was like, what am I going to say to a doctor? Like it was very overwhelming, but it would have been nice to have some experience even in class, like just kind of 
knowing like what is expected when you're communicating with another healthcare professional or, or an insurance company or something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, we definitely don't get any background in that before we start working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like going through all, like all the different referrals and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I didn't really have yeah. much experience with that. No. Um, and then having a clinical placement that's more authentic and supportive rather than protected. So again, like we don't really get any say in that, that all has comes down to, you know, your university and the practice educators themselves. It's like what they are willing to give you and kind of what you're willing to get from them too. So luck of the draw. Yeah. Honestly, luck of the draw and, and how well you mesh with that person too. And, Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So that's obviously, um, kind of difficult to get used to. And then, and then just kind of making sure you're utilizing like all the resources that you have. So like peer support, all the online stuff we can do now, like all the research we have, it's just kind of using that to your advantage and, and pulling from your experiences. Like, so yes, clinical placements are helpful, but like volunteer work or like previous jobs that you've had, like me working as a kin in a private clinic before has definitely helped me with managing a caseload because the physio that I worked with, she, she had a huge caseload all the time. So I felt like I was really good at like, um, you know, time management skills where you do things at the same time, you know? So I think just like giving yourself all the options possible in what way it can kind of optimize your practice going forward. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that is kind of the gist of it. Like, um, I don't know, Al, do you have anything else you want to talk about in relation to the article? Uh, No, I think you covered everything, but I I thought the article was a really good, Mm -hmm. uh, basically just tying everything up in terms of how I felt when I first started, but even still, like, I still feel Mm -hmm. that I'm, a bit of a transition right now um definitely a lot more settled and a way better work-life balance than my first year but um yeah it's first few years it's rough (laughs) just a little overwhelming yeah but only overwhelming because of what you put aside for yourself (laughs) yeah exactly and like I'm glad I got to talk to you about this because you are just kind of right in the middle of it like your new grad just starting out at your very first job and like I don't have that experience yet. So I think it's good that I can kind of come to you and we can chat about all this stuff and like see like the experiences you have and kind of how you related to it and, you know, your coping mechanisms and stuff like that. So, (laughs) cause I know I use my diffuser all the time. Yes. Perfect. (laughs) A lot of relaxation. (laughs) Exactly. Doing all the mindfulness. We need to keep that and like exercise and all that stuff. But yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no, I'm glad we got to talk about this article just to start off with because we're both kind of going to be in this position soon. And after I write my exam, I need to be prepared to, you know, start a course. Yeah. Full caseload. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I just want to say thank you very much for being my first guest on this podcast and going through this article with me. I'm really glad we did it together. I'm so happy to be here and thank you for choosing me to be your first guest. Oh, I was awesome. And yeah, we can do this again. You and I will do another article, you know, something else we're interested in. And yeah, Mm -hmm. whenever you want to come on, just let me know. (laughs) Sounds amazing.
Perfect. Okay. Thanks for coming today, Allison. You're so welcome. See ya. Bye. All right, guys. So that concludes today's episode on new graduate physiotherapists moving into their new jobs. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed it. And if you have any comments, questions, or feedback for me, just hit me up because I would love to hear from you guys. So I'll see you all next time. Peace. No heroes, villains, one to blame While we'll did roses fill the stage And the thrill, the thrill is gone Our debut was a masterpiece But in the end for you and me Hope this show, it can't go on We used to have it all But now's our curtain call So hold for the applause Oh, 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 oh Wave out to the crowd And take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Oh,